This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Brukhma Abom, welcome everyone. Thanks everyone for joining. Parshas Chukas, usually we have this show Wednesday night. This week, uh, wedding, graduation season. So it's going to be tonight. Our Shirman Sefer Bamidra is sponsored by our good friend Rabbi Isaac Yasolovsky, Lilinishmas, his father Rabbi Shabsi, then Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac, Shama Shavan Aliyah, Bilmel Siosha for his whole family, and by Dr. Zakaim and family Lilinishmas, Rabbi Shloima Eliezer Ben Haraviakov Zakaim, Shama Shavan Aliyah. Tonight's Shir is sponsored by Binyamin and Tikva Fuchs in honor of Dr. and Mrs. Menachem Fuchs. May they be Marach Yomim, Vishanim, and continue to be the wonderful grandparents which they are. That's very nice. That's nice of them. Okay. Welcome everyone. Bruchem Abba'em. Parshas Chukas. This uh, subject was brewing in my mind for a little while. And uh, it's still in the works. Let's see how it comes out. The Rambam, in his last comments to Hilchos Taharois, the Rambam says that of all branches of halacha, the one which is least understandable to the human mind, the, the one that we can't really wrap our minds around, and is a, the, really the epitome of a choik, a statute, is Tumah Vatara. We don't have any understanding of what Tumah is, because we don't see any noticeable change to the body. There's nothing concrete that's happening. And what exactly is the Tara process? And the Rambam says, even immersion in a mikvah, meklal hachukim hu, it's included in chukim, she'ein hatuma tit oitzoya. The Rambam says, tuma is not dirt, it's not filth. Shetavar b'mayim, it's not like you're taking a bath. Tuma is not sweat. Tuma is not soya. It's not like you're taking a shower and you're removing. So what exactly is the tuma, and how does the process of taro work? We have no idea. It's a complete chayk. It's a heavenly decree. However, one thing we do know is that you need to have kavana. Which means if you just are walking uh, along the shore and you fall into the ocean, then whatever spiritual impurity was on you will not be cleansed by going into the water. So even though it's a chayk, so you would think if somebody threw you into the ocean, you would become tahar. No, a certain degree of kavana is needed. Says the Rambam, that already teaches us a certain message. And that teaches us that if somebody does not have a mikvah, and somebody does not have one of the halachically ordained ways of rendering oneself pure, however, if you are mechavein, that means you focus your mind to purify yourself from improper thoughts, attitudes, perspectives, ideologies, the Rambam says, Kivon shehiskim belibai, once you've decided and committed, lifroish meoisan ho'etzais, to separate from those bad counsels, the hevi nafshai, and here's the key word of tonight's shir, bimei hadas, in the waters of das, tahar, you're pure. That expression really captured my heart, it captivated me. So here you have somebody, we'll call them, they're not on the right path. They're committing Averis, let's say. And they have a, a, a false ideology, they, they have a certain view of the world, let's say that they're in control, and 
their destiny is up to their own efforts. Let's say somebody is in the wrong path. And then they decide, you know what? I will now submit myself to the will of Hashem and the will of the Torah. And I'm going to cast away all improper attitudes and perspectives. Says the Rambam, once you brought your soul in the water of Das, you're Tahar. The water of Das. Now, obviously this is allegorical. This is figurative. This is not literal. You're not going into the guy sitting in his office. But as soon as you have this change of attitude, you're figuratively in the water of Das. And this word Das, I believe the Rambam selected intentionally, and this word Das carries great meaning. Why does the Rambam call a new perspective of something the waters of Das? We all know there's six Siddharma of the Mishnah. Yeah? Zram, Ma'id, Nashim, Nazikin, Kachim, Taharois. There's an age old mnemonic to remember it Zaman, Nakat. Zram, Ma'id, Nashim, Nazikin, Kachim, Taharois. Zaman, Nakat. Zman Nakat. You got to take advantage of your time. Zman Nakat. Now, where do these six Siddharam come from? There's a Pasuk in Yeshaya. The Pasuk in Isaiah says, V'haya emunas itachan, will be the, the belief of your times. Chaysen Yeshuais, a treasury of salvation. Chachmas vadas, wisdom and knowledge. Yiras Hashem hi oitzarai. The fear of God is its storehouse, says the Gemara in Shabbos, Amare Shlakish. My dixiv, what does the Pasuk mean? Vahaya Munasi Techa, Chaisen Yeshuais, Chachmas Vadas. Emuna, let's say there's Raim. Emuna refers to Zraim. Why? Because here you have a seed. Seed is food. I can eat it. What am I doing? I throw it in the dirt. You throw it in the dirt, it's going to decompose. Why would you throw good food in the dirt? Because I have faith in the one who created the world that this little seed will produce more food than the seed itself. So, Zeroim is shows Amuna. Fine. Itecha, uh, your times, that's Seder Mayed. Mayed is a, the, obviously, Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah, Yuma, Sukkah, Psachim, and so forth. Choysen. Choysen is uh, inheritance. Zeseder Nashim. You need a woman to have inheritors. Yeah? If you don't have a lady, you can't have Yerusha. Fine. <laughs> it's interesting. Is that really the main function of Nashim? But that's how the Gemara categorizes it. Yeshua's salvation, Zaseder Naziken. That is the, the laws of damage. The laws of damage teach you, protect you from causing damage and also protect you from taking away other people's money. Because it's actually very easy to infringe on other people's property. And Baba Kama, Baba Metziya, Baba Vasra teaches you how to guard yourself not to cause damage to other people. Chachmas, what is wisdom? Zaseder Kodshim. These are the laws of the sacrificial uh, responsibilities. Vedas is Taharais. Das is Taharais. I believe the Ramam has dubbed a purification process by changing your attitude. He calls it the waters of Das, because Das is synonymous with Tahara. Taharos is called Das. Now, this is what bothers me. If you were to name one Miktsoya, one discipline in Torah, Das, I would submit that the last area of Torah that you'd call Das is Taharos. After all, the Rambam says it's the one area of Torah 
that we have no understanding of. There's no logic to it. There's no human reason, reasoning to it. I have laws, monetary laws, is logical. If you say kula shali and I say chati shali, so that means uh, I'm admitting half is yours, so half you own, and the, we're disputing the other half, so yachloiku on the other half, right? There's a logic, there's a, there's a rhyme and reason for monetary laws. The Gemara often above Metziah says, the Gemara wants to know, where do we learn out the law of presumptive status, haraya? The Gemara says, what do you mean where do we learn it out? It's a logic. It's a logic. I don't need the Torah. It's a logic. So I would call monetary laws das. It makes sense to the human psyche. But why would I call tarois das? It's the one area of Torah that we don't understand. It's a chayk. It's very interesting. What is das? Tarois. What is tarois? What the Ramam calls the area of Torah we have no understanding of. Okay. Now, the Gemara and Shabbos says, that after this uh, Gemara that lists the six orders of the Mishnayis, the Gemara, it's a frightening Gemara. I'm new over here in the shul, you know, so I have to be careful. And I can't, can't give Moser, right? But it's the Gemara. This gentleman says I could. He came back from Israel, you know. He, go for it, right? It's not me. The Gemara says, Amar Rava, Adam Adam Ladin. After 120, a person uh, enters the courtroom. Imram Lai, they ask you six important questions. Number one, nasasa v'nasata be'amuna. Did you deal faithfully in business? Were you honest in business? That's question number one. Question number two, kavati itim Did you set times to study Torah? So, so why don't they ask you first, did you set times to learn Torah? Why, why is that second? The answer is, because if you're swindling in business, then we don't need your Torah. The first thing we have to decide is, you've got to be a straight, honest person. Once you're honest, now the Torah that you learn could have value. Next question, Did you make efforts to procreate? Did you wait the coming of Mashiach? Did you... You know, it's one thing, you go to a shir, and you learn the daf yoimi, and you sit back, and you hear the 45-minute shir, and you put it on double speed, so you could do the whole daf in 22 and a half minutes. Okay, but it's not enough just to learn. You need to be actively engaged in the learning. You need to argue, you need to discuss it, you need to to engage in it. And then, Did you try to extrapolate based on what you learned? Those are the six questions. Okay? Now, I always learned, these two statements of Reish Lakish and Rav are unconnected. Number one, there are six orders of the Mishnah. Number two, after 120, they ask you six questions. And these two teachings are unrelated. Comes the Gra, and the Gra is quoted by the Maritz Chiyas, that the words of Rava are a direct offshoot of the teaching of Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says there are six orders of the Mishnah. Zroim, Moed, Nashim, Nazikim, Kachim, Tarais. Comes Rava, and Rava says after 120, they're going to ask you, did you learn the six Siddharam of the Mishnah? Question number one is, did you deal honestly in business? That's related to Zroim, which is Emuna. Did you learn Zroim? Did you learn Zram? I know you learned Baba Metziah, that you learned in fifth grade. Did you ever learn Seder Zram? Then, Kavate Itim, did you set times? Did you learn the Itim? There's the Gemaras of Itim, Moyed. Noshim is Chosen, uh, Yerusha. 
Not Kavasakta Bipuriya Did you learn Say their Nashim? Mesakta Yavama says about Puriavarivya, Msakta Kadushan is about Puriavarivya. Then they ask you, what about Nazikin? What do they ask you about Nazikin? Did you wait for the Yeshua? Nazikin is Yeshua's. Did you learn Kodshim? Kodshim Pilpalta Bichachma. Kodshim is Chachma. And Hevanta Dover Mitach Dover. Did you learn Tarois, which is Das? Now I have to tell you, it sounds a little overwhelming. You know, that means after 120, one needs to be prepared to answer in the affirmative when they say, Did you learn Shisha? Now, what's interesting, it doesn't say, Did you learn all the Gemaras? They're going to ask if you learned all the Mishnayas. So my kids came home from yeshiva. They came home very excited. They had a, a, a chashva rav came to the yeshiva, and they said he said that if any boy, these are elementary school kids, any boy who learns one mishnah a day is guaranteed to become a tamech chacham. Now that's a very smart thing to tell a kid, you know, because it's doable. So the kids came home that they want to do it. I was so happy. I, you know, on their own, they, they wanted to do it. One of my kids, he's, you know, he said, if, if learning one Mishnah day, you become a Tamachach. If you learn two Mishnahs a day, you'll become the God of Hadar. <laughs> so uh, he's learning two Mishnahs a day. So I'm all for that. But, but uh, it's actually very doable. If a person learns one Mishnah a day, in 12 years you can learn Shisha Sadeh Mishnah. Okay, we should all have the time to, to learn everything. But what is Tarois? Tarois is Das. What is Das? What we don't know, what we don't understand. Let's investigate that. There's a man by the name of Yosef. His father was Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov taught Yosef everything he knew. The Yisrael Ahavis Yosef Mikal Banov Ki Ben Zakunim Hulai. Yosef was the Ben Zakunim of Yaakov. Comes the Balaturim. Now Rashi says, what, it means, what does it mean he was the Ben Zakunim? That Yaakov taught Yosef everything he learned in Yeshiva Shem Be'ever. Says the Balaturim, what exactly did he teach him? Zakunim. It stands for, it's a mnemonic. Zraim, Kachim, Nashim, Yeshuais, which is Nazikin, Emayid. He taught him everything. Zraim, Kachim, Nashim, Yeshuais, Mayid. He taught him everything. What's going on over here? Why didn't Yaakov Avinu teach Yosef Taras? Interesting. He didn't teach him Taras. Comes to Megala Amukais. Now Megala Amukais was uh, a great Mekobal. He was the Rav in Krakow. My wife is a descendant of the Megala Amukais. About two years ago I was in Krakow. I'm going I'm to take time we're, uh, to have a commercial. We're going on a trip. July 4th weekend. We're going to Kivrei Tzadikim in... Hungary, Ukraine, and Belarus. We're going to the Chafetz Chaim, and Rav Chaim Velazhner, and the Chassam Seifer, and many others. About two years ago, I was in Krakow, and I knew I wanted to go to the Ramah, and to the Taisus Yomtev, and many others. The Rebbe Rab Heschel is there. And I was going to go to Megala Mukai. So, by the way, on his kever, it says, he had Giloy Eliyahu Panim Al Panim. That's what it says. He was in the times of the Taz. So I went there. It was two days after Tishabav. We were the first ones in the cemetery, and it was the yard site of the Megala Mukais. So Megala Mukais wrote 222 Perushim on the second Pasuk in Parshas Va'aschanan. Vayoyimah Hashem Elai Ravlach. 
222 perushim. Says Megala Mukais. Yaakov taught Yosef, Zroim, Kodshim, Noshim, Yeshuais, Moyed. What about Tarois? Tarois, Yosef had to go down to Mitzrayim himself, see the Tumah of Mitzrayim, separate from it, and that would be his experience of Tarois. It sounds like he couldn't be taught Tarois, he had to experience it. Interesting. So first of all, I think it's incredible that the Balaturim finds this Remez, and Tarois is glaringly absent, and the Megalamukos explains, yeah, he couldn't teach it to him, Yosef had experienced it himself. The Imrayemes also is bothered by this Balaturim. Why didn't Yaakov Avinu teach Yosef Tarois? And he says, Tarois, you can't be taught. You need to learn it yourself. Why can't you be taught Tarois? Why do you have to learn it yourself? Did Yosef ever learn Tarois? Now this is unbelievable. When, he, when the brothers came down to Yosef, Yosef says, Ani Yosef! So the brothers didn't know what to say. They finally reconcile. And Yosef sends a message to Yaakov Avinu. What does he send? Take a look in number 9. Ule Aviv Shalach Kizois. And to his father he sent, Asara Chamoirim, ten donkeys, Noisim Mituv Mitzrayim, carrying the good of Egypt. Says Rashi, what's the good of Egypt? Shalach Yayin Yashan. He sent him old wine. Shedas Zekenim Noicha Himenu, that the das of the elders is pleased with. Says the Minchas Yitzchak, Dayan Weiss. Why is Yosef sending to Yaakov old wine that the das of Zekenim is calmed with? What does das represent? Tarois. Yosef left his father. He had learned Zroim, Moye, Noshim, Nazikin, Kachim. And his father's worried. Is the kid still religious? Is the kid still observant? Did he forget everything he learned? So Yosef wanted to send a message to his father, Dad, not only didn't I forget anything I learned, I was Moisif, I even added, I even learned Tarois. Here's the symbol. Yayin Yashon Shadas. Das, I learned Das, I learned Tarois. And you can add Zekenim. You taught me Zekenim. Zeroim, Kachim, Nashim, Yeshuais, I'm adding Das to it. I learned Das, I learned Tarois as well. That's also interesting. Yosef had to experience Tarois in Mitzrayim. By the way, in the Sefer Es Ratzon, he brings what was Yosef's new nickname in Egypt? Safnas Paneach. That the numerical value of Safnas is Taharais. So, <laughs> so that's also a, a simon that Yosef mastered the Seder of Taharais. Okay. Let's see if we could maybe start tying it together. The Toysus Yomtev wrote a commentary to uh, Mishnayis. Of course, he's also buried in Krakow. And the Toysus Yomtev says that what is the function of Tarois? We purify ourselves. Here, I'll take a look at number 13. The Seder Noshim, Kenegdoi Seder Tarois, Litaher Hatmehamistameim, to purify those who have become impure be'itio shel nachash by the sting of the snake shehevi hatumal oilam all tumma came into the world through the snake 
The snake brought all Tum into the world. Now, how did the snake bring all Tum into the world? When did the snake bring all Tum? Well, we know. Before Adam Rishon sinned, man would live forever. So there's no Tumas Mace. So because of the snake, there's a concept of Tumas Mace. So the snake brought Tumas Mace to the world. There's a Sefer Chikrei Lev of Rav Aryeh Lev Haiman. There's a Rav, um, I think he, he was uh, passed away um, in rec- more recent times. I believe he was a Rav in Bayit Vagan. And he adds, not only was Tomas Mace brought into the world through the sin of Adam Marishain, Tomas Nida came to the world because of the sin of Adam Marishain. Until then, Chazal say, Hashem cursed uh, Chava, that she harba arba itzvoyneich veheroyneich. All the, the uh, women's cycle was a result of the sin of Adam Harishain. So here, Tomas Mace came about from eating from the forbidden fruit. Tomas Nida came about as a result of eating from the forbidden fruit. And even Tomas Tsaras, who was the first Mitzayra, Chazal say, the Nachash spoke Lashon Hara on God. He told Adam and Chava, eat the fruit. God doesn't want you to eat the fruit because He ate the fruit and He created the world. If you eat the fruit, you could create worlds also. So the Nachash spoke Lashon Hara. He was the first Mitzayra. All Tumah came into the world from the Nachash. And therefore we learn Tarois to overcome the sin of the Nachash. But I'm not saying the name of the sin. When Adam ate from the eights, ha? Das. All Tumah came into the world through Das. Isn't that interesting? Taharois is also called Das. So there's the eights Das that brought all Tumah into the world. But then there's Taharois, which is the ultimate Das that purifies us from the sin of the snake. That's also certainly of note. The eights Das brought Tumah into the world. And Das of Tarois purifies us. Let's add another interesting Nakuda. You ever see the, they have the Alshech in English from Rabbi Monk, right? They say, a uh, nice Alshech. Do they have a Kliyakar? No. Do you remember the teaching of Rabbi Moshe Hadarshan, Rashi in this week's Parsha? After, uh, at the end of the subject of Paraduma, Rashi says, actually my Rebbe, Rabbi Moshe Hadarshan, how would you like to have a Talmud like Rashi? You know? But Moshe Hadarshan was the Rebbe of Rashi. Actually, I'm a descendant of Rashi. Direct descendant of Rashi. So are you, by the way. 80% of Ashkenazic Jews are direct descendants of Rashi. Because Rashi had, back in the uh, times of the Crusades, there were only 10,000 Ashkenazic Jews. And uh, Rashi had five daughters. So statistically... Eight out of ten, four out of five uh, Ashkenazim are, are descendants of Rashi. Anyway, Rashi brings from Moshe Adarshan a very logical reason for Paraduma. The Jews sinned with the Egal. So if you have company, and the kid goes and he takes chocolate, your guest kid takes chocolate, and he smears it. Gordon, let's say, you know, we come up to your house, and the kid smears chocolate all over your table. So who's going to clean up? You have to bring the mommy, the mommy comes and he, she cleans up the mess of the child. Tava ima kaneachabana. The mother comes, she wipes up for the child. So the egel was the source of sin. So you bring the para to clean up. The para is the kapar for the egel. And then Rashi says the para duma comes from the Jews' own fun, just like they uh, made the egel with their own jewelry. And why red? Because sin 
is red. And why Tamima? Because before the sin of the uh, Paraduma, the Jews were Tamim. And why, can it, why does it have to be an animal that doesn't have a yoke? Because the Jews threw off the yoke of heaven. And why Elazar Akain does the Paraduma, not Aaron? Because Ein Tategar, Nasa Sanegar, Aaron made the Egel, so he can't defend them. Fine. And why do you burn the para? Why don't you, why don't, why you burn it? The answer is because they burnt the, uh, they burnt the Egel, so corresponding to Egel. And why three species? Why three species? Let's mute everyone. Why three species? Because 3,000 Jews died at the Egel. And why a tall cedar tree and a lowly hyssop? The Jews were arrogant and now they need to humble themselves. And why do you put away the ashes of Paraduma Limeshmeres? You know, by the way, um, Paraduma, the, red, the red, red bull, right? You know that the owner of Red Bull, he passed away on Shabbos Parshas Para. It's a well-known fact. Really, Be'amet. Anyway, no extra charge for that. So Limeshmeres... Lemeshmeres, the ashes of the paraduma have to be put away. Lemeshmeres, because God said the chiro egel is pakud for all generations. So we have fine. And the same way the egel rendered anyone who was involved in with it tame, so the paraduma renders tame those who are involved with it. And the same way Moshe took the egel and he purified the Jewish people with the ashes of the egel, the paraduma is metaher. Ad kedekach, this is such a beautiful reason that everybody asks, so why is it a chayk? We have the reason of Ramay Shahadarshan. Okay, that's a different subject. But here's the big question for today. That means Ramay Shahadarshan is saying that what's the paraduma? A kapara for the egel. So the al asks, and the Kliyakar asks, how can you say the paraduma is a kapara for the egel? If we would take the paraduma and sacrifice the paraduma, let's say, on the anniversary of the date that they worshipped the Egal and Shiva So you can say it's a kapar for the Egal. But what do we use the paraduma for? If someone comes into contact with a dead body, what is coming into contact with a dead body got to do with the kapar over the Egal? How could you just theorize, oh, the paraduma is a kapar for the Egal, but we only use it when people become tummy. What does tumma have to do with the Egal? So the Al-Shukh says, and the Kliyakar calls this Pshat Perush Yakar, that originally, before the sin of uh, the Eitz there was no Tumah. Then Adam Arishon ate from the Eitz it brought Tumah to the world. Man now dies, there's something called Tumas Nida, there's Mitzayra. But when we stood on Sinai, the Gemara says in Sech Shabbos, Paska Masan, their poison ceased. And man was going to live forever. God said, you're going to live forever. So when we stood on Har Sinai, there would have been no Tumah. Then when we sinned with the Egel, it reinstated Tumah. So therefore, when is it appropriate to bring Kapara for the Egel? When someone comes into contact with a dead body. That would be the most opportune time to bring Kapara for the Chayit HaEgel. Let's investigate. What does das mean? What does das mean? Check out number 18. Where does it say that? Anyone remember? Beginning of Sefer Vayikra. Vayikra El Moshe. Says the Medrash Mikan Amru called Talmud Chacham She'ein Bay Das 
Nevela Toivahimeno. A Torah scholar that doesn't have das, a carcass is better than it. One of the why is a carcass better? Because a Tamuchachim that doesn't have das, he doesn't have manners, he doesn't have courtesy, he doesn't have midos toivais, people don't know to stay away from. Better a carcass that everyone smells how rotten it is and they know to stay away from than the Talmud Chacham who knows a lot of Torah but people don't know not to stay away from him. But then the Gemara says, how do I know that a Talmud Chacham has to have das? Tedel Chashakin, I'll prove it. Let's go out and learn from Moshe, the father of all wisdom, the father of all the prophets. Shahoitzi Yisrael mi Mitzrayim. He took the Jews out of Egypt. The Al Yodai Nasu through him many miracles were performed. The Nairoi Sal Yamsuf. The Allah went up to the heavens. The Hoyrid he brought down the Torah. The Nisasimlach Sam Mishkan, he built the Mishkan. He didn't go into the Mishkan until God called him. He knocked on the door first. God said, come in, then Moshe went in. But even Moshe, despite his whole resume and all his achievements, he didn't enter the Mishkan until he was called. From here we see, you could be the greatest person. You could be Moshe Rabbeinu, you could go up to heaven, you could bring down the Torah, you could build the Mishkan. It doesn't matter what your resume is, you're never allowed to forego politeness and courtesy. What is this called? Das. Das. Moshe Rabbeinu had das. The Yushalmi says, Saturday night, Matzoy Shabbos, you make Havdalah in Shemana Esrei. And what bracha? Atachonen Ladam Das. Why? Imein Das Havdalah Minayin. If you don't have Das, you can't make Havdalah. If you don't know what Oyer is and what Choyshech is, you can't separate between them. If you don't know what Yisrael is and you don't know what Ben Ha'amim is, you can't separate between them. And you know the Kuzari writes, a very important, non-politically correct thing. And that is, as great as the difference is between doimeim and soimeach, inanimate and animate, uh, between a rock and a plant, the same way there's a difference between soimeach and chai, between plants and animals, the same way there's a difference between chai and adam, the greatest Havdalah is Ben Yisrael V'ha'amim. It's a completely different level of existence. Now, in order to make Havdalah, you need to understand what is Chol and what is Kodesh, and then you could be Mavdil. But if you don't have Das, you can't make Havdalah. Which means, the definition of Das, the definition of Das is knowing the boundary of something. Das means, I know what Kodesh is, I know what Chol is, okay, once I know what their respective boundaries are, I could separate between them. Says the Avnei Nezer, the Avnei Nezer was the great Poisek and Rebbe of Sachachav. He wrote Shalsachuvas Avnei Nezer, he wrote the Eglei Tal and Hilcha Shabbos. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu, he went up to heaven, he spoke to God, he was in God's, uh, he was God's uh, prized disciple. He brought down the man. He, he split the sea. He could have been very chummy and buddy-buddy with God. He could have, you know, 
Like sometimes you have a good friend, you just walk in, you barge in their front door. If there was anyone who had the right to just enter the Mishkan without being called, it was Moshe. But Moshe had Das. You know what that means, he had Das? He knew exactly who he was and who God was. And he recognized more than anybody else the vast gap between the greatest man who ever lived and he doesn't even come to the beginning of the lowest madrega of the divine. Moshe Rabbeinu had, had das. He knew the respective boundaries of him and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore he was able to be mavdil between him and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he wouldn't just enter the Mishkan without being called. In other words, the ultimate das is to recognize that human seichel is limited and the divine seichel is so superior that it's not really possible for human being to fully grasp the das of HaKadosh Baruch Now, it's a double-edged sword. What was the sin of Adam Arishan? Adam Arishan ate from the Eitz Hadas. Adam Arishan ate from the Eitz Hadas. You know, there's a pasuk in Kohelas. Pasuk says like this. Look what I found. God made man straight. But man seeks many cheshbainais. But look at the Pasuk. God made man straight, and they seek cheshbainais. Rashi says, what does it mean God made man straight? When Adam was just Adam, he was a straight guy. When Chava came to the picture, then all of a sudden, they started seeking out fardreta, fardkrumta, complicated cheshboinos. God said, don't eat the fruit. So, no, God said, don't touch the fruit. But see, we could touch the fruit, so really we could eat the fruit. And He meant don't eat it now, but we could eat it later. They came up with all kinds of fardreta cheshboinos. Man was created straight. They sought out cheshboinos rabim. In other words, they wanted to start to apply their own seichel and to qualify, quantify, determine the parameters exactly God means under these circumstances because of this logic. The sin of the Eitz Hadas, there is Das of Tumah and Das of Tara. Das of Tumah is to say that man was created as the... Uh, highest level of creation, he is endowed with Seichel, and therefore he can apply Seichel to everything that exists in this world, that whatever God tells us, we're going to apply our Seichel to, and we'll determine when it applies, how it applies, and what, under what circumstances, and that is the sin of the Eitz Hadas that brought all Tumah to the world, was man aggrandizing his own Seichel to qualify and quantify when God's decree applies. And what did that bring to the world? Tomas Meis, Tomas Metzoira, Tomas Nida, all Tumah came to the world because of the pursuit of the Das of man, the Eitz Das. By the way, even Tumah of, of relations, of 
The Gemara says, Ein kishoy ela ledas, the Gemara says. Even all Tumah, even Tumas Keri, Ein kishoy ela ledas. All Tumah is sourced in the desire of man to aggrandize his own Seichel and to use that to determine, A, when Hashem's mitzvah supply, and B, how the world should run. And how do we purify ourselves from the sins of the Yitzhadas? We purify ourselves through Taharais. What's Taharais? Das. The Rambam says it's the one area of Torah that is above and beyond human understanding. When a person submits their mind, when a person lowers and bows and defers their Seichel, their Das, and to say that I was endowed with Das, but relative, Kalape, the Das of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it is Batel Umavutal, I'm now going to engage in a, in a branch, in a Mekzoya of Torah that I don't understand, but I know it's MS because the Almighty gave it. That is the Mehadas. Das is to recognize Havdalah. This is the extent of my Das, and Rebun Shem's Das is superior. That cannot be achieved by learning any other Seder in, in Mishnayis, because everything else has a logic and a system, and have Seichel to it. And if, since we understand it, and since it's reasonable to us, we're not submitting our Das, and it will not purify us from that sin of Adam Arishon, who wanted to involve himself in Chishvoinois Rabim. It's the Chishvoinois Rabim that brings great Tumah to the world. By the way, in the Parsha Paraduma, the Pasuk says, Zois Chukas HaToyra, Adam Kiyamas Ba'ayhal. And the Gemara says, Ein Toira Niknes, Elabamisha Memes Atzmayalea. Toira can only be acquired by somebody who kills himself over it. Really um, is most nefesh to, to apply himself to learning. So the simple meaning is, in order to be successful in learning, you, have to, you need to devote yourself and have some self-sacrifice. But the Sefer Shemana Toiv says, the sacrifice we're talking about here, that's required to be successful in learning, is to sacrifice the greatest element of man, and that is to sacrifice one's own seichel and das, and recognize that there is a das of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is above and beyond that. And therefore, the ultimate purification comes through the quintessential chayk that makes least sense to us. Which element of Torah brings the greatest uh, purity? Paraduma. Isn't that interesting? Paraduma. Paraduma we have the least understanding of. Even Shlomo Amelch could not understand Paraduma. So Paraduma, which is the quintessential chayk, will bring the greatest tahara. Yeah, because Tuma came into the world because of the involvement in the Eitz Hadas, and therefore the ultimate tahara has to come through that element of Torah, which is only the Das of Elikim. Now, could it be that the Medrash tells us Paraduma? Zu Yisrael. Paraduma represents the Jewish people. And the Sefer Be'er Yosef explains that Paraduma represents really the destiny and the history of the Jewish people. Because the history of the Jewish people is the greatest dichotomy that ever was. On the one hand, we're the smallest people who ever lived. So what are the chances that we will be around the longest? 
What are the chances that the Ma'at Mikola Amim would be the eternal nation? What are the chances that the most persecuted and hated among the nations of the world would be the eternal nation? These are the, these are the paradoxes of Jewish history. Does it make sense? Do we understand it? Says the Medrash, exactly! The Paraduma is Yisrael. The Paraduma is reflective of the history and the Hashkacha Pratis of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Klal Yisrael. You know when Yosef learned Tarais? Yosef doesn't understand. He's kidnapped from his father. They rip off his garment. They throw him into the pit. He figured life is over. He's not together with his father anymore. He's not together with his family. He's going to be thrown to Egypt. They ripped off his prize cloak. And then, a few years later, he encounters Aisha's Poitifera. And what does she do? She rips off his shirt. But he runs away. How is he able to overcome the challenge? Svasemus writes, because he was already groomed for this challenge. When the brothers ripped off his garment, and Yosef was accepted the the uh, hashgacha of this event, Yosef enabled himself to do the will of God even when his shirt is ripped off. So when she tempted him, Yosef said, I already did that before. Oh, Yosef, maybe that's why God brought me to that situation before. And Yosef's sitting on the bottom of the pit. He's the lowest spot on earth. He's a Jewish slave on the bottom of a pit of snakes and scorpions. And then, if you, we would ask Yosef at that point in history, who is the last guy in the world who would become the most powerful person in the world? Yes, it's me. And Yosef experienced paraduma elu Yisrael. He experienced the paradoxical nature of the destiny and history of the Jewish people. That was his taharois. That was his das. He realized that the mitzvahs of Hashem are above and beyond human comprehension. He realized the way God governs the world is above and beyond human comprehension. That's the chilek of Torah called Das. Das is to recognize this is a limitation of man's understanding. God's understanding is above and beyond that. And that, the, the clouding of that line brought ultimate into the world. The sin of the Eitz Das brought ultimate into the world. And it's the learning of Tarois, specifically the Paraduma, where man submits his das, his mamis atzmoi over the Torah, meaning he submits his das, that brings to the taharois of das. That's why the Rambam writes, once a person commits himself to separate from improper attitudes, he purifies his soul in what the Rambam calls mei hadas. Das is the recognition of the ultimate understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which brings the greatest tahara and the greatest purity. Thanks everyone for listening. Wishing everyone a good day, Shavua Tov, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday night, Bezos Hashem. Kol Tov. Okay. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.